There's a smart new website that will change the way you invest using social media. Like Folio. Here to explain a team of brothers, Andy and Landon Swan, of Like Folio. And they've always been building out great technology at the intersection of social and trading. Powered by unique social data. Analyzed by legendary traders. The Like Folio broadcast starts right now. Here we go. The week of Friday the 13th. That's the way we're going to end the week, but we're going to start the week with some good luck. We've been on a roll at Like Folio. Earnings season totally winding down. We've got one more on the docket that I kind of just had to mention because I got several of our professional clients, institutional clients, uh, reached out about this one over the last week along with many uh, media opportunities to talk about this. Um, JC Penny reports on Friday the 13th before the, before the open. And, uh, JC Penny's supposedly in the midst of a turnaround, but, and that's the story that uh, a lot of media people wanted to write. Um, of course, the institutional traders don't care what the story is. They want to know what the real data is. But a lot of media um, decided not to write about our data because here's what it said um, for JCPenney. These are actual notes that I was sending out to institutional clients and to um, some select uh, few members of the media. Uh, JCP social data looks bad. Consumer sentiment dropping steadily over the last 45 days to near all-time lows, something we often see happen prior to a company warning that its next quarter won't meet expectations. So I really believe on Friday we're going to hear a warning from JCPenney that uh, quarter two will not be so good. Um, likewise, there's no significant turnaround in total mentions for the company, which had flatlined and drifted back toward all-time lows over the last two months as well. Hmm. Lastly, um, purchase intent mentions just pretty flat, pretty low, um, sentiment dropping, and uh, all that. So I was I sent those notes out, Nick, um, last week at the beginning of the week. So I guess that would be about the second or third okay. of May. Uh, the stock was about, I think, like 9.30, 9.40, something like that. Um, and so really bearish notes out to uh, clients in the media. And um, just late last week, um, no, actually, wait a minute. I sent those out. I take that back. I sent those out on, here it is, April 29th. So it was actually. Um, it was around 9.50. Yeah, around 9.50. So actually, it was it was the Friday before that. Um, but those bearish notes went out on April 29th. Um, then last week, uh, it was leaked in um, the Wall Street Journal, or um, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, that leaked that um, employees were having their hours cut across the board at JCPenney, both full-time and part-time employees, and that all use of the corporate credit card had been suspended for all employees below the like C level or VP level Ouch. because sales were down so much that the company was literally having to cut hours and cut off spending in order to keep the books straight. Um, so the stock has reacted appropriately. I think what's it at now? 
eight dollars. Eight dollars. So down about a buck fifty from that point. So the negative news might already big percentage move. Let's make that clear. Yeah, a dollar fifty is a huge percentage move on a nine dollar and fifty cent stock. I mean, you're talking near twenty percent. Yes. Um, and so uh, going into Friday's earnings report, you know, I think that obviously, like Folio data was spot on. I mean, things things were looking bad during April at JCPenney stores. And I think that they will warn about quarter two and they'll have uh, some really negative things to say. But that does not mean this is one of those cases that I bring this all up as a learning example, uh, mostly because, yes, our data is all very negative on JCPenney. And yes, we have very high confidence that that data is correct. But the news has already been broken in some sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, when a company comes out, they didn't come out and say it, but when news breaks that a company is uh, cutting employee hours and reducing spending at a breakneck pace because sales are so bad in April, uh, you can, and the stock goes down almost 20% over the course of that same time period, um, that's one of those type of trades where I say, all right, the trade is over. I'm not going to go into the earnings event with a position on JCPenney. Uh, I've already made my money on it. Uh, there's no reason to take, uh, to take risk going into it. Do you think, do you think the same way? Is that the way, you know, you approach things like the headlines already out there? Absolutely. I'm, I mean, I think you'd be silly not to in this particular case, especially since the stock was at $12 mid March of this year. Wow. So we're talking about a move from 12 to eight in a two month period. And that's a significant flush out of market cap. Yep. Current market cap 2.5 billion approximately. And so yeah, that a lot of this I think is priced in. One thing I'm noticing here is the stock has now fully retraced back to the pre-earnings announcement of last quarter levels. Yep. So last quarter I was out about 8 prior to the earnings announcement, shot up on a decent earnings report likely due to holiday sales and continued to move higher 212, flattened up at 12 and has fully retraced that entire move now. Wow. So the market's flushed all that out because of the headlines, would be my guess. And now, you know, the opportunity based on like folio data is not nearly as strong as it was on April 29th or prior. Right. And that's what, um, so I want to use this as a learning opportunity um, for people who are using uh, like folio data to always check. So you check the like folio data and you see something's weak or strong. And you want to know if that's true. Um, with like folio data, it probably is. I mean, we have a really good track record. But the next thing you need to know is, has this already impacted the stock? So you need to go search Google News for the for the time period in question. So it could be last 45 days probably works. Search company news around same store sales, around whatever metric it is that you're basing this this concept of this trade on and see if it, this theory that like folio data leads you toward has already made headlines or not. And if it has probably best to stay away. If it hasn't, then you might be onto something and that's where the real opportunity lies. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would also say, you know, gauge your interest in the opportunity based on a little bit on the sock chart as well. Yeah. You know, so if you're just now seeing this JC Penney's data, and you find the headlines are hinting towards what your thesis is based on the data. And then you look at the 
price of the stock and you can see it's clearly been priced in or not, I shouldn't say clearly, but highly likely been priced in, then it's a pass. Yeah. I think that's, it's the opposite of a divergence opportunity. Exactly. We talk about divergence opportunities all the time on here. Those are the best plays. This is the opposite of that. This is the data lining up with the news headlines, lining up with the price of the stock. There's not a whole lot to do there. You don't have that edge anymore. Yeah, the opportunity was there, but it's gone. Yeah. Missed it, move on. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I thought what would be really cool now, um, now that sort of the earnings season's kind of wound down, we've talked about JCPenney, which is coming out Friday. I wanted to bring on uh, Jason Rasnick from Benzinga. He's um, one of my favorite people. He's the founder of Benzinga, which is also one of my favorite media outlets because uh, they take a little bit different approach to the news, which I'm sure we'll get him to talk about. But um, also beyond that, you know, we're we're going to be at the uh, Benzing Awards, which we want everybody to come out to. But also, I just wanted sort of a um, to ch- to chat with a fellow fintech finance media. Uh, finance entrepreneur who's trying to make it uh, from outside of New York City, just like we are at Likefolio. I thought uh, that would be interesting because I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience. So special surprise live from the Motor City, Jason Rasnick from Benzinga, founder of Benzinga and one of my favorite people in finance. What's up? What up, guys? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. It's really good to have you on. I've always um, enjoyed working with you. I've I've loved watching Benzinga grow over the years. For people that don't know, just quickly tell us uh, what Benzinga is and what makes it different from other uh, sources of information in finance. Yeah, there's mil- there's millions of sources, millions and millions of sources. Why do you need another media company? I don't know. So how it started. After 9-11, I became an expert in the defense sector, an analyst, an analyst covering small cap stocks. It started through Yahoo message boards, and I created this following. So there's companies like Versar, VSR. It's a $300 million company. And I amassed this following where the CEOs of all these companies in the defense sector would email me why they did certain things and why the company was doing stuff. And I had a newsletter, about 150 people on it. Whenever I wrote something, stocks moved significantly. That's cool. I wasn't – yeah, and I I wasn't smart enough to trade options or any of that kind of stuff. I was just – I was informing. And what happened was, I mean, Dr. Theodore Pro, or was Ted Prosev was a CEO of Versar. And he would see that I was this guy on Yahoo message board that had this huge following. And I just like, I, I became a drone expert back in 2001. I mean, I knew every single, <laughs> the, the parts to it. This is literally 2001. And I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, even the online Dane sector, there was, J-Day was owned by this MH, MHJG. It was the symbol, MatchNet. And then American Single, I mean, I became so entwined in these smaller cap companies, I would call them and like, you know, first I pretend like my hedge fund or, you know, try to get their attention and then they would talk to me. And then I realized getting this information out there to um, people is valuable. In 2008 or nine, I'm like, there's a hole. I mean, I was always doing startups since that time. And then I'm like, there's a hole in the marketplace where there's no agnostic small cap feed, meaning... There's a lot of places that pump up these things like go buy these shares because you're going to make, you know, whatever. You, you know, the newsletters that do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was no one really telling the truth out there. So I'm like, why don't we create a small cap feed? And when I say we, it was me and I had a three month old. Um, and I said, I'll create a small cap. Just focus on that. And also I'll use Twitter. No one was using Twitter back then. I was a very early adopter of Twitter. 
and I'll look for interesting stuff I can find on there. And we started covering these companies from 300 million to like 700 million. And Thinkorswim, I think it was Tom Sosnoff then, he saw the feed and liked it, tested it out for like a month. He's like, this is awesome. And so they became one of our first, you know, partners of the Benzinga small cap feed. That's how Benzinga kind of got started. Um, and you know, there's a lot of stories and moving around and then, and then what happens is you get more clients. I mean, we work with most of the major online brokerages this day. We provide them data and content and, um, and Benzinga is now a full service financial media company. That's very cool. Where did the name Benzinga come from? I'm just curious. It's kind of a made up word. I made up, made up with my grandfather a long time ago. It was a cool, like Benzinga, Benzinga. It was like something that flowed other names like stock news uh i almost named it my last name rasnick.com and um it was just i wanted something unique that you could build a brand around you know i had all i have all these other domains that just all sound alike it's like how like folio comes up with its own name so it's a brand you can build around sure it's kind of how we it's kind of an exciting word too yeah and that's the kind of idea we we're working on updating our logo to a more modern feel right now but um you know you we let that stuff get in the we we you know we're focused on the results, but yeah, that's we wanted something that sounded strong, and, and I guess it worked. I mean, with the other name, we had a couple other names in the running. We almost called it Plumero at one time. I thought it was too, sounded like a plumber too much. P L A M E R O, but uh, that was the naming. Cool. Um, what do you think that you've had an advantage being in Detroit rather than in New York, or you know, sort of? ensconced in the typical financial media districts so like you not being in new york i mean there's positive and negatives i'm really good at making relationships i like people you know i care for people i try to you know and when you're in new york i go to new york i can go to 17 meetings in two days and i go to a coffee shop i meet three people so those those advantages like that i don't have you know it's harder in detroit but there's also advantages in detroit you have your cost of living you have, you know, tons of engineers because you think of the automotive companies. Those guys are all engineers. You also have a little more focus. So in New York, everyone's on to the latest, greatest thing. Oh, four squares hot. Oh, maybe I should go there today. Less loyal team members here. You get more focused. To build a media company is not a, is not a quick thing. I mean, you can build an app like Uber or Waze and you don't – but to build a media company – it takes a lot of time to develop the brand. When we try to get our first deal with like Ameritrade, like everyone's like, who's Benzinga? Um, and now we're, we work with Capital One and many Fortune 100 firms as, as their vendor. So we've, we've, developed that, um, we've developed that brand. And, um, but now I think Detroit is kind of a differentiator for us too. We're doing this here from the Midwest. We're showing that you can build a, a com- company large like us from detroit you don't we don't have to be right in new york and that's how we you know we put our flag in the ground and we just moved our office to literally the best office space in the city of detroit right above this thing campus marshes which uh it's like a volleyball court and like a tent you know it's like a whole it's like the rockefeller you know ice arena it's kind of like that very very cool i think it gives you guys some credibility because like you said the the beginnings of benzinga was about uh being a uh unbiased or truth-telling organization and i think you've developed a good reputation for that so it's a good place for people to get um unbiased uh news content things like that they can get, yeah i mean go and, ahead. and i can expl- and i can explain a little bit what benzinga does um a little bit better so 
Benzinga, um, you know, started in 2010 as a small cap thing in my basement. But what we try to do is explain the news. So you can go to these big publications, Reuters, Bloomberg, whoever. So we have an event that happens. So Apple reports strong earnings today, or, you know, you think they may. We tell you what are possible scenarios out of it. We cover like folio type data. We look at interesting things. So we say, if you believe this, here's some ways you can look at it. Um, if you believe that, or if this event happens, it's like news that you can use just versus telling you the news. We want you to understand it and what it means to you. So we take the news and we always try to let you leave smarter with it. What does this really mean? You know, so like we'll be at the Republican National Convention and we'll we'll cover it. But we're going to every time someone talks, we're going to tell you what stocks can be affected. You know, what what what's this going to be an impact in the financial markets? So you take so, an in-depth, actionable approach rather than just a headline with a boring body of content. Yeah. And we try to. Of course, We do have to cover basic news because of our, you know, licensing and stuff like that. But we try to give the warm here. Here's the idea. Here's this, you know. Very cool. I think it's a great site. It's a great outlet. Absolutely. I go to her all the time. All the time. It's one of my uh, favorites. I mean, we, we have a lot of work to do because, you know, we, we, get, we get distracted with different things, but we were pretty, you know, hard nosed focused on our Benzinga Pro and Benzinga. We just built a whole new platform called Benzinga Pro, which is our paid subscription platform. And it's, you know, it's as fast as anything else out there. Um, it's just, you know, in its, uh, you know, it's been around for, for, we've had it for four years, but it was on a very old technology platform. Now it's like high tech and, um, but it's, uh, we're trying to give information out quicker and better using cool companies like, like Folio and other kind of cool stats. Um, trying to get people on the edge. Um, and, and Andy recently tweeted about, you know, finance is still boring. And I think there's truth to that. I think there, this can be done a, a lot more fun, uh, a lot more entertaining, but, uh, you know, there's a balance and it's like, we, we, we have to cover 300 to 500 stories a day and it's, you know, in terms of headlines and we do like 40 to 80 stories a day. Um, it's hard. And so we, we're, we're out there actively hiring um, any budding journalists, traders who are looking to write. We're, you know, we just, we had three people start this week at the company. So we're actively out there right now. Awesome. awesome. So speaking of, cool companies that you work with and having fun. Let's talk real quick about the Benzingo Awards. I know Nick and I are looking forward to it in a big way. Like Folio is going to be uh, recording live from the Benzingo Awards. Which, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But tell us about that. I know it's the second year. The first year was really great. Um, you know, what's, what's on tap for year two? Year two is looking to be absolutely, absolutely, absolutely amazing. I mean, there this year a lot more hedge funds are there. So if you sell, if you sell unique data, if you have any kind of data that you want to get in front of hedge funds, I don't know of another place that you could go to in one day and be in front of the ten biggest data buyers from the hedge fund space, the ten biggest or the five biggest online brokerages, ten to thirty VCs from all the fintech companies will be there. Um, if you're looking to get in front of the media, make relationships. Basically, every media outlet, but not just the reporter, but the actual, you know, executive uh, from, from the firm. Um, so this is a place that if you're in the capital markets and you're looking to grow your business, I I don't know of another place. There's other events, but focused on this space, the Benzinga FinTech Awards, you know, hits all that. And then this year, we have like some really cool get. We have we're doing this, we added we added some panels to it. Um, 
we have like Tiki Barber, but we have Ross Garen from Cubis. We, have, I mean, we have um, Mark Mark Gerson, and there's just uh, um, um, big names that'll be at the event, um, and um, it should be, you know, it should be ten times what it was last year. Awesome. Now, now I'm even more excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I really can't it's, wait. Remember, it's, this year it starts earlier. It starts at um, one o'clock or twelve thirty. Get there because we're doing these panels. I'm telling you, it's going to be. And you know what our event is about: meeting people, making relationships, getting deals done, having fun. So all that stuff, um, you know, uh, combined is uh, what what our event is about. So um, it's. I mean, Andy was there last year. We had a, we had a great time, and uh, this year. It's going to be taken to another level with some surprises that I haven't mentioned. But if again, you're looking to make deals, meet people. Nicole shared from Ameritrade. She's one of the judges. Um, they're all they're all there. So Andy, you could Andy. May 24th in Tribeca, Tribeca 360. It's a day you can't miss. And uh, um, yeah, what are you going to say, Nick? Andy came back so pumped from last year's that I had to attend this year. We've got the yeah, opportunity. Go ahead. Let me see if I can get you guys a coupon code um, on the, um, you know, the site. What's uh? Yeah, get uh, us a coupon code. We'll tweet it out okay. after uh, publishing this podcast. I know people go to bzawards.com. They can put in the like folio coupon code. Um, we can we can tweet that out after the podcast if you can't come up with it in the next ten seconds. But um, we're um, we're ready to roll. Use use Raz friend R A Z. F R I E N D. There was six available. I'm gonna expand that to twelve available. Raz, Raz friend. friend. Raz friend. R A Z F R I E N D. Um, cool. I'd love to and, have a couple uh, of uh, a few like folio listeners come out there and have a have a bourbon with us. Maybe even sit down and chat and talk about uh, something on the podcast. I think that'd be fun. It's just yeah. gonna be a good day. You know, it's, it's just be a, a good great day. day. Yeah, Andy, we we were like looking where we're setting you up because we want to have like a good corner. So you can bring people in, record a couple podcasts. Um, so there are going to be you know, a bunch of cool media outlets like that out there. You guys should come drink some bourbon with Andy. And guys, it's, it's fun. Don't be nervous. It's a conference. Like, you know, it's, it's fun. It's about meeting people. We live one life. Enjoy it. Don't, don't ever have to work so hard behind a computer screen. Like, I can't leave my desk because I have email. You get chained your email. You're going to look back 10 years from now and say, what the heck did I do for the last 10 years? Got to go out and meet people, make relationships. That's why I can talk to Andy, you know, and that's why we're friends because we went out and made relationships. And that's what it's about, and that's how you build a business, and that's how you build your life, right? That's right. Cheers to that. Life lessons from Jason Razdick that we didn't know we'd get today that are super powerful for everybody to listen to. <laughs> I, I, I know we're um, Andy this soon, but I owe it to Andy. Andy was there for me with life lessons, uh, you know, back in the day when he sent out his email. Doesn't do that as often, but... I loved his motivating message, and um, should be, I think we should we should I should find those emails and read them at the front of the thing. That's actually not a bad idea. There's some couple of things I'm doing some cool things like that. We'll see. But Andy, very smart, and uh, always enjoy uh, chatting with you and you and Nick. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we look forward to it again. BZAwards.com. Make sure you put in Raz Friend as the promo yeah, R- code. R A Z F R I E N D. All right, we better get off here because I got a feeling Jason could talk us all the way through until the Tomorrow. event. So, yeah, uh, you're right. All right, guys. Peace. Thanks for having us on. All right, Have thanks, a great boss. pleasure talking to you, Jason. All right. Yep, you too. All right, bye bye.